Merry Christmas and Maranatha. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and I am so glad that you have taken time out of the busyness of this season uh, to separate the holy day from the holiday by coming to to sit down together around God's Word and feast upon the bread of life. Praise God, Jesus Christ. I'm so glad to be a Christian as I always have and since I've been saved at the Christmas season to celebrate Christmas with a with an understanding of of what it truly means and what it how it impacts my life day by day moment by moment and we're just once again want to commend you for taking time for the word of God for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We're going to be talking this Christmas season about Christmas, a declaration of war on the kingdom of darkness. Christmas is a season where we need to grasp the reality that spiritual warfare was occurring all around this wonderful peaceful, sentimental, beautiful scene of the manger. Hell was in chaos. Hell was in panic mode because the enemy understood the ancient prophecy uh, that even though man had fallen, a Redeemer would come. A Redeemer that Satan would bruise his heel as the serpent, but he, the seed of the woman, would bruise his head. The heel wound was not ultimately deadly, but the head wound would con- would consign him and his cohorts and his kingdom to a place called hell for all eternity. And throughout all of the scripture, there has been a battle that has been occurring this prophecy of the man-child who would be the seed of a woman that would come and overcome this fallen angel and all of his minions. Friend, I want you to know that this birth in Bethlehem did not only make shepherds so joyous and happy. (laughs) Amen. It struck fear into the heart of demons because they knew this prophecy, this ancient prophecy is unfolding. It has begun the seed of the woman that would bruise the enemy's head has been born in Bethlehem. From that moment, all hell has tried to destroy this child. So we want to talk about Christmas and what it looks like from heaven's perspective. We know what it looks like from the earthly perspective. It's gifts and presents and parties and trees and lights and decorations and and feasting and resting, if you can, shopping and dropping. Even Christians can miss the true spiritual significance of this most holy of Christian celebrations. In the book of Revelation, there's a vision of of Christmas and its true spiritual impact from heaven's perspective. Listen to Revelation chapter 12 and verse 1 through 5. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, 
and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven, did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. I want to stop here and say something uh, that I believe is relevant as we read these scriptures about the mighty revival that is taking place in China. Right at this very moment, Dr. Wong from Hong Kong tells about the mighty revival from African inland missions. What is occurring in China? A church that is coming forth with such an influence uh, that it has drawn persecution from the government officials and the government itself of China. This this mighty church uh, moved on by the Holy Spirit, born of the Spirit, in spite of Marxism and communism and atheism, is thriving in China. It is said uh, that that as much as 20,000 people a day are coming to know Christ as their Savior through an underground church driven underground by persecution, intense persecution, many being jailed and and persecuted for the sake of the gospel now in China. And it has been said from the underground church that uh, a, an official uh, has made a statement about this gospel of Jesus Christ, this this wonderful message of hope because of the threat to, to the power that and sway that is held over people. These kind of scriptures that said he's going to be the king. He's going to ultimately rule. He's going to reign. And they said these words, we must kill the child while he is still a baby. In other words, let's stop the gospel of Jesus Christ before it becomes a force that we can not stop. Well, you see, if it was a man-made religion, they could stop it. They would would be able to stop it. But this is not a man-made religion. This is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all the forces of heaven and powers of heaven are supporting the gospel of Jesus that the world might have a witness before Jesus comes. <laughs> Amen. Listen to verse 4 again. And his tail drew a third part, speaking of Satan, the enemy of our soul, the great red dragon, as all scholars agree. A third part of the stars of heaven, and they agree on this, that that was the angels that followed him in rebellion, and they fell with him to this earth, and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. This battle between light and darkness here on our earth plane, what started in heaven as a rebellion in heaven, was carried on 
by the devil and fallen angels here upon the earth. Listen to verse 5. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. There's a wonder in heaven, according to the scripture. This word wonder is semion, and it means a sign, a mark, a token, that by which a person or thing is distinguished from others and is known. Secondarily, a sign, prodigy, portent, in effect an unusual occurrence, transcending the common course of nature. This is kind of the simple definition of a miracle, which is simply a supernatural intervention in the normal course of human affairs. It also means of signs portending remarkable events soon to happen, of miracles and wonders by which God authenticates a person sent by Him, or by which men prove that the cause they are pleading is God's. The miraculous wonder of Christmas from earth's perspective and is that a virgin conceived. And while that is certainly true, heaven's emphasis is on the child, not the lesser sign of his birth to a virgin. This is a sign, and this shall be a sign unto you, the Scriptures declare in the Old Covenant prophetically to Israel, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son and the government would be upon his shoulders. But that God took on flesh is the emphasis from heaven's perspective that God took on flesh. A virgin conceiving was a light thing for God to achieve. You know, when Mary was told by the angel that she would be with child, she said, How shall this be, seeing that I know not a man? And the angel said, Well, the Holy Spirit's going to take care of that. <laughs> he shall overshadow you. She said, Well, then then he, if God's Spirit is going to do it, the Holy Spirit is going to achieve this, <laughs> then, then I don't have to understand it. I don't have to figure it out. Be it unto me according to thy word. It's a light thing for God to do what he did in causing a virgin to conceive. The mighty thing that God did was come to us and take on flesh. Jesus, the second person of the triune Godhead, took on flesh and dwelt among us. That's why the scripture said that his name shall be called Yeshua, Jesus. That's what you name him which is an, uh, an Aramaic term uh, denoting the Old Testament Joshua, Yeshua, a, a deliverer, a savior, hallelujah, has come. But his name shall be called Emmanuel also, which being interpreted is God with us. Oh, friend of mine, the identity of this woman has been debated by many theologians down through the generations. The woman who brought forth the man-child, definitely not speaking of Mary alone or exclusively. Verse 6 says, And the woman fled into the wilderness, and where she had a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a, t a thousand two hundred and three score days. 
none of these verses can be applied exclusively or just to the Virgin Mary. Some say the congregational Israel of the Old Testament or the spiritual Israel of the, or the church of the New Testament, or some believe a mingling of the two. And all of that still remains, to a degree, a mystery. But one thing is clear, one thing is for sure, the child is Jesus. The child is clearly a reference to Jesus Christ, God's Son and our Savior. By mentioning Jesus' birth and ascension together, John is presenting the life of Christ as a comprehensive work. Listen once again to verse 5. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Remember the Old Testament prophecy? And the government shall be upon his shoulders. A virgin will conceive, bring forth a son. And... Listen carefully. And the child was caught up to God and to His throne. This referencing the ascension of Jesus after the resurrection from the dead, after His his first advent coming to the earth, going to the cross, being three days in the tomb and rising again, and then being caught up to heaven at the ascension. No wonder the devil fighting this child and fighting the church of Jesus Christ from the, 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 that day to this day because we literally have the testimony of Jesus upon our lips. But the devil knew the ancient prophecy in the book of Genesis when he, he was given this prophetic word from God. He was cursed to, to, to crawl on, on the dust of the earth on his belly like a serpent. And he was told, the woman will bring forth the seed of a woman will bruise your head. You will bruise his heel. That is not a deadly wound, but he will bruise your head. That is the deadly wound. And throughout all of the scripture, the devil knowing the prophecy, he wanted to destroy ancient Israel. He wanted to destroy the nation that would produce this man-child, this seed of the woman. And he wanted to get them in such idolatry and such rebellion that God would be obligated to destroy them and break the sequence of events that would bring forth this seed of the woman, this conqueror, Jesus Christ. He wanted the sins to reach heaven of this people through which his lineage would come, son of David. Oh, friend of mine, make no mistake about it, from ancient, that the devil hasn't just started fighting Christ and Christianity in the New Testament. The spirit of anti-Christ, not anti-God in the generic term or religion in the dead religions of men term. No, it's specific. Now, the spirit of anti-Christ, according to 1 John in the New Covenant, now the spirit of anti-Christ doth already work. 
Oh, friend of mine, every spirit that does not confess that Christ has come in the flesh, literally that God took on flesh, that God became incarnate. Hallelujah. Amen. No matter what kind of religious trappings may be surrounding that truth, without that truth, it is the spirit of anti-Christ. Jesus Christ did not come to this fallen world to just be a Jewish Messiah and to be king of the Jews exclusively, as Pilate commanded to be written uh, upon the, uh, the on a plaque uh, placed upon the cross king of the jews jesus came to be king of kings lord of lords the rightful ruler to this earth and the rightful ruler over the entire earth only jesus christ can truly shepherd the nations and rule with a rod of iron. We now live on a planet that is in rebellion, that refuses God's rightful rule. But the birth of this child was the beginning of the end for the devil and his followers. And his sphere of influence is limited, and his time is limited. Listen to Psalm 2. And let's read this this planet in rebellion. It says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, listen, and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder, cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Jesus is the only begotten of the Father until the church was established and we, you and me, (laughs) you and I, we could become the sons of God brought into his royal family. But initially, Jesus was the only begotten of the Father. This And he declared, this is my beloved son, in him I am well pleased. When Jesus was baptized of John in the river Jordan, praise God, I declare the decree, the Lord has said unto me, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I'll give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them, here it is, with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Jesus is king of kings, you see. He will rule in absolute authority, and Satan nor fallen men and women will be able to overcome him or overturn his rule when he comes to take 
over. Hallelujah. And thank God he's coming soon. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed. Verse 10 says, you judges of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Aren't you glad today to be a follower of Jesus Christ in triumph instead of Satan and the spirit of the age? We do not just believe. We bow to Christ as our Lord and our Savior. The scriptures say that if we suffer with him, we will also reign with him in Revelation two twenty six and 27. It says, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod. There's that term again, this absolute power and authority. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken into shivers, even as I received of my Father. You see this great prophecy we read out of the Psalms of this king that would come rule with the rod of iron and how God would cause him to overcome every force of man and every force of the spirit realm and every force of hell and its minions. As sure as Jesus is the man-child, Satan is the dragon in this prophecy. One thing is for sure, the birth of Jesus was a declaration of war. I want to say that again. The birth of Jesus was a declaration of war. I love the illustration that Eugene Peterson gives, and I quote, This is not the nativity story we grew up with. Jesus' birth excites more than wonder. It excites evil. The birth of Jesus was the launch of God's assault on the power of evil. And I'm going to add to that, and Satan's kingdom of darkness. Praise God. Listen to Revelation 12, 7 through 9, and you can get this perspective. It says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him." Praise God. I love the absolute authority of Scripture. There's no room for doubt or speculation. The dragon is defeated. The devil is conquered. And Jesus Christ is Lord (laughs) to the glory of God the Father. And for sure, we as believers share his triumph and his victory. 
Praise God. Listen to Colossians 2. Oh, are you getting in the Christmas spirit by putting on spiritual armor and getting ready to do battle and win against the enemy? To take take the ground that has been stolen from us by defraud and deception. We are called God's conquering army. We are His military branch, praise God. Here upon the earth, listen to Colossians two twelve through 15. It said, Buried with him in baptism, wherein also are ye risen with him, through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him. That doesn't mean fast like I snapped my finger. It means given life. That same quality of life. That very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is indwelling the child of God. We have been buried with Him and we have been raised with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to His cross. Listen to verse 15. And having spoiled principalities... And powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it, literally in the cross, in the cross. I like verse 15 from the Amplified. It said, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in Him and in it, the cross. Praise God. One thing is for sure. We are free from Satan's accusations. Sin's power over us as believers is broken. And friend of mine, if you don't give place to the devil, he has no authority to take any ground from you or from me. There is victory in Jesus. Listen to Revelation 2, 12 rather, verse 10 through 11. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives, even unto the death. See, Jesus has already overcome the power of sin and in our behalf. Although Satan may still be active upon the earth, from the perspective of heaven, he's been defeated and his days are numbered. The birth, life, death, and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ was the only way to overcome Satan and to offer salvation to the human race. Though we may still suffer 
and still see evil active in our world. These are merely the desperate convulsions of a defeated enemy. Praise God, that little baby boy, that innocent little child, that little child born to that little teenage girl in the little town of Bethlehem who was the first worshipped by lowly little shepherds, was the light that shattered the darkness, the lion of Judah, the mighty one of Israel, the conquering king of kings and lord of lords. Mary's little baby boy was God's son and our savior, Hallelujah. And the beginning of the end of Satan's kingdom of darkness. And John saw it all from heaven's perspective. And after the dust had settled and the smoke of battle dissipated, the devil is defeated, Jesus is exalted, and the church, the true church, is victorious. And this is absolutely for sure. So when you see a manger scene this Christmas, be sure that you see more than a sweet little baby. See your conquering king and shout for joy. For the birth of Jesus signaled an invitation, therefore, to the human race. Evil has infected the human race like a deadly virus when God sent Jesus into the world on Christmas Day. It was an open invitation to be cured of that virus in order to escape God's wrath when He comes to destroy sin and all evil. There is a message of Christmas today that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior, now is the time. Now is the time. This is the time. This is the appointed moment in your life. If you don't know Christ, I'm not asking if you attend church, were christened or baptized or, or to what denomination you have affiliated yourself with. I'm asking, have you repented of your sin and received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior? And if you have not, the victory, the battle that was fought for your soul has been fought and won by Jesus. He came not to lay in a manger or stay in a manger or stay a little child, but to grow to a man of 33 years of age. To go to an old rugged cross after being beaten beyond any way to fully explain his body torn and tattered nailed now impaled upon that cross he who was God incarnate God in flesh allowed that flesh to feel the pain of torture and the pangs of physical death and he stayed on the cross for six hours. He told Peter, if my kingdom was of this world, 
I would call the armies of heaven destroy this world. But my kingdom is not of this world. And he demonstrated a love like no one has ever loved and no one had ever heard of. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Friend of mine, come to Jesus. Repent of your sin. Receive Christ as your Savior. Celebrate Christmas like you've never celebrated it before. Come back next week. Let's talk about Jesus.